Welcome to uh, our seminar on preparing for adolescence. Yeah, and that's that would probably be a great place to start. Like, what is wrong with adolescence? <laughs> like a switch. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would love to hear your um, experiences, your ideas about adolescence. You know, positive, negative. How much time do we have? We will limit it to a few minutes, Stephen. Um, but maybe we can come back around to it after I'm done with my stuff. <laughs> you know, the joys, the grievances. <laughs> You know, when, 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 it's, when it's over, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, so the floor is open for a few minutes just so that we can see where each other's at with regards to this big A word. So like a disconnect? Total resistance. Almost like rebellion. Okay. Oh no. Okay. Uh, tons of opinions. Is it a backlog of opinions? <laughs> or they just freshly formed out of, you know. Well, that could be positive because you've made a safe space for her to boy air her opinions. Julia Morgan working his magic. So the handout starts off by saying this is the great change. So that's probably a good umbrella under which we can fit these various thoughts. There's rebellion involved. There's um, personalization involved, right? And all this is a young person starting to explore adulthood. And we want to think about what kind of an adult we want our child to be. Do we want them full of opinions? Do we want them to rebel? Or could we say maybe nonconformist? Do we want them to not just do what they're told? Um, I don't know what else. This is going to be a quest for identity. And that's probably why it's so difficult. Because... What in the world does that mean? Quest for identity? We've all gone through it. We're all going through it. And yet, how much attention do we really give to who we're becoming or what we're becoming, even at this age and beyond? Um, I can see that causing some tension, right? Quite a bit of uncertainty. Because adult life, much of it is filled with predictability and structure, right? You start talking about identity, it's like, what? <laughs> and how do you prepare for it? So today we want to do, spend some time thinking about the mindset of a parent. That's having these mini adults come out. And hopefully we'll also get to some practical you know, I, uh, things to do uh, in this preparation period. And feel free to guide the conversation towards what you feel would be most helpful to you, raising questions and you know, interjecting your thoughts and comments. Um, just if I start facilitating along the conversation, just let me do that, please. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> when you think about all the different influences on your child, Hormones, their peers, um, 
their own uncertainty about what this is going, what's going on, right? Their schoolwork, they've got to deal with that. Um, then there is the bombardment of the media, a lot of different pressures, um, attractions, distractions. Let's add to that church, what they're learning at church, what we want them to know about God or to have a relationship with God. And then, of course, there's us, uh, primary influence. So here I count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven influences at least. How do we want them to manage all that? And how much of it are we managing? And how are we going to dynamically transfer these items of management from us to them? And what's your time frame for that? Four years? Five years? Six? I don't know. I mean, at what point do you want them to be able to manage all of that? 18 years old? 19? When they say goodbye and they're off on their own in college and yet still coming back like my daughter once a month on the average? <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, hopefully you're getting the sense like I have that this is pretty weighty. That I want my child to be an adult who can engage all of this and figure out like what to do with it. So who am I? Um, you know, if you were to answer that question, would that be right on the tip of your tongue? Or do you just sit back and think about it a little bit? And when was the last time you answered that question? Who are you? What are you? And perhaps an even more important question is, whose am I? Because a lot of the deeper default beliefs we have about this, these questions will impact our daily interactions with our kids and how we prepare for this time period. Um, looking at the, some of those passages there on page two, uh, under whose am I? You have Psalm 139, uh, Jeremiah 29, Genesis 1, 27, Romans 8, 28. Um, you know that Psalm 139 passage, how God has made us uniquely um, with a lot of mystery even in our mother's womb. <clears throat> and then Jeremiah says that um, he has these amazing plans for us, although the context was actually in exile. Genesis 1, and Genesis 1 is a big one. This is at the very beginning where God says human beings are a reflection of him in that you are to be a ruler. You are to have dominion, and you're to be fruitful. So envision your child being the image of God with these capacities and abilities to have dominion, to have mastery, and to be productive and effective in their life. Like, how do you get your child from wherever they're at today to that point? We know that it's not going to simply be matriculation, right? As important as education is. It's like, what else, though? What else? And then there is your own family identity, you know, your set of values, what you believe to be most significant that you want to pass on to them. So I'm just kind of adding to the pot the mindset as we are preparing for adolescence, as we are going through adolescence with them. Any more thoughts about the identity issue that you'd like to add at this point? So moving on to page three, Mark 12 is where um, 
a lawyer comes to Jesus and says, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus tells them, well, it's to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with your entire being. So to love God with your identity, everything about you. And specifically, like, what, what, does, what does each of those parts of us mean? What are they about? You know, think about your heart. Physically, it's the center of your body. It just, it's what keeps you alive. It's one of those vital organs. Emotionally or metaphysically speaking, it's the place of emotions. It's the deep seat of understanding and processing, uh, perspective. It's the innermost part of our being. That's, it's actually the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> our mind um, the logical versus the uh, less than logical, <laughs> right? Your left and right, your mind, of course, all that involves your emotions as well. And then how about your strength? Those things that come easily to you, that you are just good at, you're strong at, you thrive. All of that is intended to be in oneness with God. So what, is, what does all that mean? So how do we prepare for this? Right, so that's why I'm just kind of raising that question of what do our kids need during this time? Let's continue to go down that, uh, that, this, this pathway of understanding to say that our kids have some major struggles that they're going to go through. They're going to struggle with not feeling like they're good enough, not smart enough, not strong enough. They're going to struggle with pressure to conform. Right? In order to be accepted, I need to do this. I need to look this way. They're also going to have a tremendous compulsion to be independent, to be their own person, to make their own choices. Even if we don't, especially if we don't feel like they're ready for it, they're going to push even harder, perhaps. And maybe the most profound struggle is what is love? What is the meaning of love? Is that central to life? Is it just a part of life? You know, and as so, just kind of put yourself in your kids' shoes, going through their daily stuff. How? What are? What concept are they developing about love from us? Um, how they see us relate with our spouse. Um, how they see us take care of ourselves. Um, yeah, the whole concept of love that the Bible says is not simply providing, it's not simply doing things for another person, but, I mean, think about how God interacts with his people. As, uh, you know, like Pastor Paul took us through different parts of the Bible today, and we see what God's doing. And if we understand that God is love, then, okay, love does all these things. Like, God leads people into the desert. So love leads us into difficult spaces, right? Um, does love really challenge us that way? Does love let us fail? Does love let us hurt? And when I look in the Bible, yeah, God kind of does all that. And like, what did God even do with Job, this person who had lost everything? Love does that? Love allowed Job to lose everything? So the meaning of love is pretty profound. And we don't want our kids to go through this time period having too shallow of an idea of what love is. Um, so, you know, to cap off this kind of mindset section, they are going through substantial, very real changes in their lives. From, you know, 80 pounds to 180 pounds, right? Less than five feet, closer to six feet. Their, uh, their social connections. They're going from just you know, kids playing on the playground into going to the mall, the movies, 
whatever other activities that they have with their friends. My son's been getting into bowling with his friends. <laughs> okay, um, He's pretty social. He's got a pretty large circle of friends versus my daughter, who's very introverted. She has like a handful, maybe. Uh, my daughter's 20, and my son's 18. Yeah. Yeah. We have definitely not made it. <laughs> yeah. With our daughter, it's definitely a lot easier because she's just good in school, and we never deal with anything, right? With that, with regards to that. Our son is the opposite. He hates school. Right? I mean, he's not in the most supportive environment. He's at city. But, yeah, he's just not feeling it over there. And she goes to the same school? No, she's at Davis. I mean, high school. Oh, yeah, they did both go to the same high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he actually has two jobs. So he's making good money for an 18-year-old. And, like I said, he's social. He likes to game, of course. And in our household, I'll get more into this later, we've definitely had a lot more interaction with him than with my daughter. With my daughter... We're always having a ball, okay? We go to the movies. We just have a ton of fun. Uh, and she and I actually have a lot of inside jokes that May does not get at all. That's how we are. With my son, a lot more conflict. But um, by God's grace, we're still very affectionate. And um, it does stir a lot of faith-producing <laughs> moments, okay? Let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, I'll get more into that later. So they are going through tremendous changes emotionally, too, how they're managing emotions. And let me say to my son's credit, um, I'm just like so proud of how he handles his anger and frustrations as we you know, get into it and whatnot, um, especially if there's three of us. So it's like my wife and I, it's like two-on-one, you know? And to see how he remains calm and yet still ask why, Dad, you know, uh, kind of push back. I've been quite impressed oftentimes. So emotionally, and, and my daughter does not have that strength, all right? Um, she's much more sensitive, and she's much more quick to uh, withdraw from conflict, right? So I've had to work with her in a different way with her that way. All that, again, just to say our kids are going through a lot, from a child to an adult. It's profound. Really, it is. And we have the privilege of being a part of that. So how do we prepare for it, and how do we help them prepare for it? And if they're already in it, um, you know, what needs priority? Like, what's the strategy? Okay. So now that brings us to how do I lead them through this quest, through this journey? And the first and probably the most important point is heart. The heart must be central. There's got to be this intimate connection with your child. Um, they're entering a, a, a time of uncertainty and insecurity. They're questioning things. And we want them to know that um, we care most deeply about their innermost being, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Whether or not they've accepted Christ, right? We just want to care for them at that, in that way so that they will never say to us, well, they will say it to us, but they'll realize at some point that, um, yes, I truly care about you and not just your performance or how well you're doing in this area or how successful you are. Um, I mean, I want my child to feel that by the things that I pay attention to, the things that I prioritize and how I engage them. Um, they will challenge us, and it says <laughs> they'll roll their eyes. Um, but just see those as opportunities for heart connection. <laughs> um, so what is it? What is a heart? Con what a heart connection is not is those three X's, and I'm sure those are pretty obvious, right? Just giving them a gift um, to try to gain their favor. Um, Quality, quality time versus quantity time. And telling them to live in a certain way, but not living in ourselves, any kind of inconsistency. Um, those definitely will discourage much more than encourage. 
A true heart connection is primarily two things. It is demonstrating our life in Christ, our own identity in Christ, and then also, of course, cultivating that relationship. So uh, as we live out our identity in Christ, you know, um, taking on our role as a man of God, a woman of God, um, they're watching. They're watching to see, like my daughter, hopefully she's saying, okay, you know what, I would... I think I would like to marry a guy at some point like my dad and see the virtues. And same thing for my daughter that, you know, I mean, my son, to see in my wife a beauty, even in the midst of some of the tensions, right, to see a beauty and a wisdom uh, and a compassion that she would love to, that he would love to see at some point in a spouse. Um, Demonstrating life in Christ for ourselves is, of course, our spirituality. And may I distill spirituality to how we carry our own pain. How do we deal with our own pain? How do we deal, how do we treat our difficult emotions? And then ultimately, how do we experience God's forgiveness, right? The letting go of those kind of pains and those pain cause, those uh, things that cause us pain. And then emotionally, I want my child to see, well, how do I respond with anger, or frustration? Um, how do I handle praise or credit? I want them to see that um, I'm not afraid to be honest, and yet I want them to see grace and gentleness at the same time. Physically, we want our children to see how we take care of ourselves physically with what we eat, uh, how we take care of our bodies, how we spend our time. And then socially, we want our kids to, to you know, see that we have a, a healthy social life, whether it's a one-on-one or perhaps it's a larger gathering. Um, that it's not every night of the week, but it's at healthy rhythms, right? So a lot of that will speak to our kids in a sense that it's going to be caught more than taught. Um, and then cultivating the relationship with them individual time with them, each each one, not always going out as a family, uh, having chunks of time with them that's uninterrupted so that you can um, have those moments of listening uh, because they're not going to share with us whenever we want. You know, we've got to create these opportunities and it's kind of like fishing, right? I do a lot of fishing, but I don't do a lot of catching all the time. So it's just different, there's different, uh, how do you say that, Um, windows of opportunity. Uh, There's different windows of activity when I'm fishing. The the, the fish will uh, surface or or start feeding um, maybe a half an hour before it starts getting dark. And maybe all day I've been like working and working and working. Well, same thing with my kids. We spend plenty of time together, but there are these moments where all of a sudden they just start opening up. So we want to create those times. Uh, The family table, definitely we want to utilize that and leverage that as a a place of bonding, uh, of connecting. But for us now, with them older and Leanne's away, that is not a consistent place for us to connect because Randy has his own schedule, he's working, or he's whatever. But I still try to average like once a week. Sometimes it's once every other week. Well, it's actually once a week because almost every Friday uh, we go out with my mom for dinner. So that's the time for us to do that. But again, I guess my point there is just to be flexible and realize it's going to be dynamic. So those are some um, things that help us build up the heart, build up the heart connection. Any comments or questions or more insights about the heart being first? You know, as I think about my kids, um, I'm starting to see and experience the value and the benefit of heart first. 
So like I was saying, my daughter, she's the introvert, very sensitive, um, but also very smart. And um, she has just become this person who's very unique. Like her two, what, like her two favorite stores are the Disney Store and Hot Topic. So if you're familiar with those two stores, one has these cutesy characters. The other one's kind of like eclectic, or kind of like weirder characters and um, what do you call it, like pop culture stuff. All right. Um, she's also into K-dramas and K-pop, but then she's also into Hamilton. And she says this past week she listened to Hamilton like four times already. She loves movies. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to get at is because I've consistently emphasized to her the importance of her heart, her heart's starting to come out more and more in terms of what she's into. Now, of course, I can do that with her, and I don't have to worry about her school. Um, so I don't see those as distractions that are taking away from her education. With my son, it's a bit different. Okay, He's not strong in academics, and yet I still have encouraged him to pursue his heart. And what I see is a different dynamic is um, the way that he and May and I have worked at building or creating peace between us. And that has, I think, really communicated to him how important his heart is. Because we give him plenty of liberty. Okay, He's out going wherever he wants, whenever he wants. Um, and of course, I do text him, like, what time are you going to be home? <laughs> okay, Or where are you going? So I keep those tabs. But for the most part, he just has free reign. But when it comes to uh, something that we disagree on, like he's doing something that we don't want him to be doing, or he's not meeting certain expectations, We've gone through some rough patches. But because of the heart focus, we have ongoing open communication. And there was one, even one night, where um, May had gone to his room and she let him have a piece of uh, her mind about something that I won't divulge here, okay, because it's pretty personal. And I'm lying in bed, and I'm listening for about three minutes. And I realize I probably should be over there. <laughs> okay. So I get out of bed, walk over there, and I stand in the doorway, and I'm just listening to them go back and forth. When May's done, she goes back to bed, and uh, I step in trying to repair some of the rupture. Well... I gently invite him to the living room, away from his computer station, and <clears throat> I start asking some questions. And eventually, I was able to um, ask him to put himself into his mom's shoes and understand what's driving some of her concerns, right? Um, and after, I mean, at some point, he like he just got it, right? He got it, and he's and he got up. And I said, "Hey, son, we're not done yet." <laughs> he says, "Oh, I'm going to go apologize to mom." So he goes to the bedroom, and he apologizes, and they both get emotional, and uh, we kind of end up in a group hug, right? Uh, and I got emotional too, but these moments are just like priceless, and. I can see they wouldn't happen if we didn't have a heart-first focus, right? Uh, on my part, to facilitate it. On his part, to have an openness to it, as well as May herself, too. Okay? Okay? Sometimes, you know, I get it. Sometimes, not every time, but sometimes you get it. So, yeah. Anybody else have an insight into a you know, heart connection or any questions about all that before we move on? Yes, Raina. Okay, so so I think in our family, we really tried to develop a heart connection.
connection with our kids and growing as he grows older. But um, I find it kind of difficult because he, you know, we want to, like I'm like quite relational, so I want to talk about how to do whatever. He doesn't want to talk about that, right? <laughs> anyway, so he wants to, you know, talk about things he's passionate about. He's very passionate about video games. <laughs> He's always been passionate about stuff. Like he was passionate about Thomas the Train, and then he was passionate about Pokemon, right? And then Andrew's like, you gotta get into these things he loves, right? And I'm, I mean, as a result of Thomas the Train, Pokemon is a little hard, you know? But, but now it's like video games, right? And so, can you talk about that? Like, how do you grow it? No, not that. Like, like connect to their heart, right? You need to yeah. connect to the heart for him to be in love, right? But right. They're very one-minded, you know. Like, I'm like, I want to talk about your heart and your feelings, whatever. He doesn't want to talk about that, right? right. He wants to talk about video games, right? And I think that's the way to start. Anyways, can you address that? Kind yeah. Of How do you connect to? I'll, I'll try, Raina, but I'm sure there may be additional <laughs> wisdom out there. Okay. Did you all hear Raina's question or situation? Okay. Um, Randy and I, we, we, love, we love the bass fish. So we get out there. We have an awesome time. And so we connect pretty easily there. We also have played sports together and basketball and different things. Leanne, we go to the movies. We pig out on popcorn. Um, I'll take her to those two stores. We just went last night. Um, <laughs> She's also into K-pop, and I mention this because it's so funny. Um, she paid for my ticket one time, but she paid for a cheaper seat. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to sit by myself. <laughs> and I'm surrounded by teeny boppers, right? So how much is it discipline? You know what I mean? Like, I think that really depends on your personality. For me, my personality, it's actually easy for me to dive into somebody else's interests and make it fun. And I'm just kind of liquid like that, I guess. But that's not for everybody, right? And so I think just my initial response is, yeah, Raina, you've just got to figure out what works for you. (coughs) Guys, you're not going to want to talk about feelings all the time, but they will see the effort you put into trying to connect with them, right? And if they... See, like you're lame at it, you know. They'll see that, but they'll still appreciate the effort. Um, But finding something that you can enjoy together, or maybe it's simply being vulnerable, where they can see your vulnerability, then that does something between you and them, right? Like that that kind of emotional moment that we had. There's a there's an openness on both parts there. So how do we? Make sure we don't do that just once every blue moon, but we can have regular moments like that. Okay. Anybody else want to contribute to that thought about heart connections with your kids? Teenage years are very similar. Uh, 
<laughs> Another story. <laughs> but I, 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 I get interested in this, especially today. When we were growing up, this is the family that was certainly very conservative. Now there's so many options. There are so many things out there that can catch people's attention. But my thing is, I try to understand that. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't want to make it sound like we just have to start playing something, right? I see it much more about, first of all, let's get connected to our own hearts. Okay? What are we passionate about? What do we love doing? That's not a part of our family, our raising kids and whatnot. Okay? Because um, once you tap into that source, then you're going to find authentic ways to tap into the things that your child has heart connection with, to, to get into their heart, right? Does that make sense, right? You, you've got to connect with your own heart first, then you can connect with theirs. Because if, if I'm just trying to connect with theirs and I haven't connected with my own, that's not a heart-to-heart connection. That's a head-to-heart connection, right? Uh, and that's what we want to actually avoid. Because if we're leading our kids to walk with God, um, and I'm glad Calvin pointed out it's, the free, it's their free choice. It's got to be their free choice. I don't want to pressure my kids into being a believer. I want them to do it out of a loving response, right? The, that it's because they've heard God, you know, their Holy Spirit, um, and they're drawn to him because of that love. So how do we do that? How do we lead them to walk with God? Well, the handout has some great disciplines that are there. Um, it also talks about having faith talks with your kids and having God moments or God sightings. And that might work for you, right? Faith talk meaning spending time in a devotional or God's word, 
and trying to help them to see God's perspective through the Bible. It's great. We try to do that on Sundays. Or capturing a teachable moment where you see um, God's working in your family uh, or in their life or whatnot. Those are great to do. But if I could perhaps give maybe an overarching view of spirituality. Our kids need to experience their own goodness. They need to experience their own sense of power and control, um, their effectiveness. Then they develop a real sense of self, right? If they never have a sense of self, they come to Christ and Jesus says, okay, deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. They're not going to have a self to, to, to deny. You know what I'm saying? If they never get the sense like, I, ha- I know who I am, and I realize that who I am needs God, right? So they have to build up that. That's kind of the ascent. When they come to Christ, you know, the call of the cross, the way of the cross is descent. Humble yourself. Realize that your ego is not absolute. Okay? Your ego is not God. Your ego cannot call the shots. Your ego is not ultimate reality. But they can't learn that with us. You know what I'm saying? We cannot teach that lesson. Your ego is not absolute. You need to submit. That's not going to be that effective. How do we learn that? We get out into the real world, and then we realize our limits and, and capabilities and whatnot, and our mistakes. Then we realize, oh my gosh, I have a lot to learn. Because maybe at 16 or 17 or 18, they real, they think they know everything, and that's why, and you know nothing. And they're not going to unlearn that until they get into the real world and engage it. And then the real world, reality, will help them put themselves in their place, so to speak. And if they're with God, they'll do that in a healthy way. Okay, healthy limits. So um, on page seven, I have this picture of the path to action, which I think is helpful for kids to, to understand. Because when I shared it with my kids when they were in high school, they totally got that. And then at some point, my son even used it against me. Right? <laughs> and simply understanding that there are things that we see and hear every day. And God has made us in such a way that we take all that data, we make sense of it, we interpret it, and we make meaning out of it. And then that storyline or that meaning is what drives our emotions, how like how happy we are or how sad we are or how afraid we are, and that ultimately determines our behaviors. Now, how my son used it on me was when I started getting upset, he says, he'll say something like, Dad, you know, that's just a story you're telling yourself. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's your own narrative. <laughs> And I'll say, don't use that on me. <laughs> or, or he, and, you, and at that time, I think he was right. Because right? sometimes I have a tendency of making a mountain out of a molehill, and he, he can spot it, and he'll call me out on it. Right? But if we can help him to understand that, this little pathway, we can encourage him to be more introspective as he get older. To think about, well, what are you telling yourself? You know, that's driving insecurity or maybe it's some kind of compulsive habit. Like you need to do this. And for my son, a lot of it was just fear of missing out. Right. Somewhere with his friends or at school, you know, kids talk about you only live once. And you're young. This is time to do it. It's time to have fun. This is just a season in life. And he uses that excuse with me sometimes. Dad, I know it's just because I'm young. All right. I know I'm just going to move through this time and. I'll be over with it. But we want them to understand that they are telling themselves something. And it can be causing, like I said, it can be causing a lot of anxiety. And then that anxiety shows up in the decisions that they make and how they spend their time and how they spend their resources. So we want to share with them at some point, maybe like in a family meeting, maybe during a a faith talk at some point, um, the idea that, hey, this is why we act the way we do. All right. Um, now, I also want to point out, as we're coming towards a close, because we're, we're getting close to three, to reinforce their identity, to reinforce the importance of their hearts, um, that they are unconditionally loved, that you are my child, you are God's child, and ultimately you are 
unconditionally loved. It comes through the more difficult moments. That's really probably the most potent opportunity is when there's conflict, when there's tension. And you guys are not feeling good about something. You're at a disagreement. Jesus said that blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. So when are we most like God? It's when we are making peace. Well, we can't make peace if there's never a disagreement, if there's never a conflict, right? If everything's always smooth sailing, you're not engaged in that rigorous peacemaking process where you start off with chaos and tension and then through communication and through heart connection, you resolve it. So that means it's vital that when we're disciplining, when we are... Um, calling them out on something, when we are concerned about something with them, that we want to discipline in a way that teaches. We want to discipline in a way that opens up their hearts to us. And that ultimately all of us are open to the Holy Spirit to move in us, to become these peacemakers. That none of us are just flying off the handle and we're just blowing everything up, or we just withdraw into, you know, our caves or whatnot, right? Um, and this means we have to have a ton of patience. I was asking Jason at the picture taking. I said, "Yeah, I'm going to do that seminar. What's your advice?" And he said, "Patience," because <laughs> right? um, he's pretty freshly out of adolescence, right? Uh, and and he hit the nail on the head. We need a lot of patience because patience is what creates the space. It's what creates the um, the roominess to deal with these things. And this will mean our schedules cannot be that tightly packed. It cannot be back to back to back, especially on the rest days, the weekend days. Okay? Create that space where there's nothing going on so that we all have the bandwidth that when it does happen, something upsets us. We can step into that place with grace as well as honesty. Because we don't want to be afraid to not deal with it, right? If something's upsetting us. We don't want to avoid it, but at the same time, we don't want to inflame things and stir up that, and exasperate them, right? So we've got to just have a lot of space, basically, okay? Um, on the back page here, there is an idea for a church event. There's an idea for a family event. And again, it has to do with making space, making time and space to talk about adolescent issues, to think about, to discuss what it means to be and to become. Because during the rest of the time, we're all, we all have plenty to do Right? If we're always doing, then how much time are we going to give to just being? Right? Uh, being together or being alone. Solitude. Um, having them think about what they want to become, and not just career wise, but the kind of person they want to be. Because I know my son, even though he. Um, goes against our wishes sometimes, I know he's a good person. And I know he wants to be a good person, right? He doesn't just want to rebel and do his own thing. Um, he's admitted that he is greedy with his time. And um, yet, at the same time, I know he wants to believe that his heart is good, all right? So we want to give our kids that kind of space, that kind of bandwidth to do that. Uh, a retreat always is conducive to that, like what we're doing up here. But it shouldn't just be once a year. Right? Mini retreats. And this goes for us too. Do we take these mini retreats to give us self-space, to let my soul be at rest? Um, and if I'm going through something difficult, like I'm struggling with something inside, do I give my pain space or do I just bottle it up 
And that's kind of part of it too, as I was responding to Raina's question, you know, caring for my own heart and connecting there, a lot of it has to do with how I treat my own negative emotions. And I give it enough space to just unfurl, so to speak, right? Um, and then in that process, I can demonstrate to my kids how I deal with sadness or how I deal with frustration or anxiety, things that I worry about. And then as they get older, you know, they're maybe the, towards the end of adolescence, let them see more and more of the real me that I didn't let them see when they were younger because I don't feel that's age appropriate, right? But then I want them to realize that their dad is, is a human being uh, with sensitivities and vulnerabilities, okay? Um, last thing, foundational rocks that just help us support life according to the Holy Spirit. Um, having a daily rhythm where we remain open. And that will be to God, but also with our kids too. So we can capture those moments when those opportunities come and they do feel like sharing with us how they're feeling, uh, what they might be afraid of. Uh, my son telling me, yeah, Dad, I'm pretty lost with regards to school right now. you know, And then having conversation that I didn't force him to have with me. Right? But that's not going to happen if our schedules are too compressed. Okay. Um, so this, yeah, this, a lot of this goes back to our own mindset of our own solitude and how we're caring for our own souls uh, to create those kind of opportunities. Any questions or further thoughts about this topic about preparing for adolescence? Yes, Calvin. Calvin, can you come up here and actually speak? Because it's being recorded. Okay. Yeah. So the main thing uh, that there's this transition right now. You have children now becoming adults. And so the parent-child relationship is going to change. So there's this kind of going to be this natural butting of heads. But what I hope will be encouraging to you, and it was for myself and for Terry, is that your children will actually, if you have taught them, modeled foundational behaviors, it's amazing that there'll be angels with other people. There are times where I saw my son or my daughter do things, and I'm going, wow, I, I can't believe you, you were that considerate, kind, helpful, but they'll do it. And it's like, what happened there? So if, if those foundations are there, they will, will naturally do that. And, um, and when you see that, and that's a coaching tip, is whenever you see your child doing something well, say, I saw you do that. That was so kind of you. Or, wow, that was very considerate. So even though they're over there and you have your eye on them interacting with other people, there are times when they'll demonstrate uh, a sweetness or a kindness that, 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 that is what you would like to have. That means it's there. But with the parent, they're always going to challenge you, butt heads with you. It's a different dynamic during the teenage years, so it can be frustrating. But it doesn't mean they're, they're bad, right? Deep down, if you, you prayed for them and you modeled, they'll demonstrate this. And eventually, um, when they're 25 and the brain's all <laughs> connected, then everything becomes um, more logical and rational in their lives. So that's one thing. So one is that your children will actually behave differently in front of other people. And that's actually a good thing. And it comes to become problematic if they are butting heads with everybody in their lives. Um, so that that would probably need, in my honest opinion, you would need some uh, special counsel if it gets to that point. Um, then uh, the second thing is. Uh, 
I think I went blank on my second thing. Uh, so the first one was that they'll do things. That's because it's 3 o'clock, Ellen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> just had a senior moment. I just forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, that's, that's that part. I, I kind of mentioned that part, but it was more. I think Cecil wants to have it recorded. Thank you. Um, Calvin mentioned, I think there are plenty of times that I exasperated my kids. And uh, one thing I think, though, when they became more teenagers, I think uh, I felt more comfortable being vulnerable with my own self with them. You know, when they're little, you know, you want to set a good example. But um, so basically, you know, asking for forgiveness, right? If there's something that, out of anger or whatever that, um, you know, that I really, you know, cross the boundaries in dealing with them. Um, and then I think as they become, you know, as I think we did set a good foundation when they're young, but I think that we can share more of our own life struggles as they, you know, more in the teenage years and um, that they know that, okay, we're fallible human beings too. So um, I think that in that season of life, I think, because um, that's you know that's every everybody's story, right? Not that we're perfect, and so and to be willing to share with them that I had struggles with, you know, friendships in junior high or girls or you know girlfriends or uh, those kind of things. So that's what came to mind when I was sharing about that. Yeah, it's, I can't remember, so when it comes up, I'll share it in a similar message. <laughs> Well, I feel that's a good way for us to wrap this up. That may, did, that the, the biggest way we can prepare for adolescence is our own evolution, our ongoing growth in terms of um, revealing more of our heart, connecting more with our own hearts, being more and more emotionally healthy and demonstrating it to them, um, especially guys, right? My son, he is not naturally vulnerable. And how do I encourage that? How do I model that? Right? Um, and then when we do that, we're going to find ourselves actually in a different place. And we're going to show up differently when we discipline. We're going to show up differently when we bond with them. We're going to show up differently as we challenge them. Right? So it's very dynamic. I think maybe that's a great closing point. It's a dynamic time for them, but it should also be a dynamic time for us as well and the way we prepare for that is hey let's not give all of our attention to our kids let's give some of our attention back to us okay let's pray father you are um, the best dad and full of wisdom and grace and beauty and power and father we ask that you would continually teach us to walk in your path to be of the same spirit as you. <clears throat> and that through us, um, you would be extending and pouring out your grace even to our kids. And that your grace is what would move their hearts to give their hearts to you. And even to uh, knit our hearts together as believers. Lord, and we, um, we thank you for uh, each one of them so precious. Um, and Again, we just praise you that you have made us fearfully, wonderfully, um, so that we can enjoy, that we can be fulfilled, that we can be humble, that we can worship um, this magnificence that you've given to us called family. Um, thank you for uh, giving us the privilege of walking with our kids through these years to, as they become adults and uh, they become their own people, their own persons, I mean. And uh, we, we lift them all up to you. And right now we lift each other up as well, that you would be encouraging us to um, tap more into the goodness and the beauty you've put inside of us. Um, and just to uh, foster growth there and to be encouraged by your love for us, uh, that we might also um, help our lead our kids in that way too. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Ethan. Get some Go for it, dude. Yeah. Okay. You bring that to your mom, dad. <laughs> Answer all the questions now. <laughs>
All done? Wow, that's quick. So you talk about discipline, like this is part of your outline. Discipline, increasingly yeah. difficult. Hit them. What kind of discipline? You've got to dial into what um, your child does not like, like what bothers them, so that um, it might be upsetting for them when you put that limit, put that consequence on them, right? It has to make them unhappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Right. So um, if it's not a phone, if it's not video games, maybe sometimes for kids it's just a conversation, you know, an uncomfortable conversation. Could be. Uh, as, well, maybe it's not a form of discipline, but it's something that makes them uncomfortable. Right? Um, but ultimately, I think they don't learn that much, at least my kids didn't learn that much through talking. Right? There had to be something that happened. I didn't have to do much with my daughter. Uh, maybe that's going to be the case with your girls, too. <laughs> but, but with Randy, I have the uh, Xfinity app, so I can just pause the, the, the game, and that's been effective to get his attention. Okay. Um, but I do consistently remind him that that's not what, that's not going to change your behavior and decision. He knows that. He, sometimes he'll argue like, "Dad, why do you keep doing this? This never works, right?" And I say, "Well, I know it's not it's not intended to work. It's just to get your attention on what changes you need to make yourself." So what's going to get her attention? Okay. It's something that they enjoy, that you are putting a limit on. Right? And it's just an attention getter, that's all it is. It's not intended to change anybody. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. Because it does boil down to control in some ways. Right. You want to hand controls over to them. <laughs> That's what Mickey's saying too. Like, you know, physically so strong. Like, that's the illusion. Illusion. Things are not as they seem. Okay. They know, see, like, I feel like if I yell, they'll be like, because I don't yell, I sound usually bad. So, like, that's why before. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
but then I've been going to jail and but then I said to myself, when I went to the stop sign, I'm like, really? Okay, one. You know what happens yeah, when I get the food? Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know, I know, it's so nice. One of the what? Lovies. Lovies? Lovies? You know, they have the lovies. Oh, really quick. Like, I didn't, I don't think they expected it. I just, like, okay. Like, what? So I never had to do it again. That's what a consequence does, right? But I don't use it all the time. Right, right. And then, and then, That's so key. Because I don't, it's like you're not, she's not gaining any control over me, all she's doing is stepping consequences. Right, right, right. So it's like, there's no trade-off. It's like, I lose either way. I'm not like, if I get control, then I feel like, you know, I've gained something, right? But if I gain something, then I lose something. So it's like, so I was trying to explain that to Diana, and she goes, why are you doing that? I go, okay. I stop right there because that's, that's just not going to work for you there. Yeah. 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 Ha, ha, ha. 